0: So right. i going to I've got to go and put a cake on a wire rack. I'll be back in a minute.
1: Hello, I'm Phil Smith, and welcome to quarter four of the best of the rest bracket here on the Eurovision in Isolation podcast. And Merlin's beard, have we made it to quarter four. Once again, I have gathered 12 spellbinding songs to mix into the brew of the podcast. And the final four ingredients are our panellists. So I introduce you to the talented like Harry Potter. It's Alex Smith. Good afternoon. I just want to put it on the record though, that I think uh,
2: Harry Potter was far too self-absorbed and a bit of a prick. So that's probably okay. also me. So fair
1: enough. Yeah, yeah. Wise like Gandalf, it's Daniel Irving. Hello to Phil. Teenage in appearance like Sabrina, it's Minnie Meyer. Hi, Phil. And the worst like Mildred Hubbard,
0: it's Simon Rickenback. Hi, Phil. I thought you were going to say like Paul Daniels. <laughs> oh,
1: <sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, should we get on to uh, battle number one? This is a bit of a retro battle as we have Monaco taking on Bosnia and Herzegovina. Limited options for Monaco as they don't compete anymore but this is their 2004 effort. Marry on with Notre Planete. Here in Herzegovina, we have Nino Persez with their 2001 effort, "Hannel."
3: come, come on, tell me what is going on, tell me, would it be alright for me to be Hanol,
1: come, come on, quality battle here to kick off the show. Simon, do you want to talk us through Monaco and Marion?
0: Well monaco rarely seen at eurovision from my experience and i'm guessing the lack of choice was was a factor in in this song getting the nod yeah it's not particularly interesting um perhaps the most exciting part is that she starts wearing some sort of star cape which is ditched all too quickly for my money
1: (laughs) yeah they're not a eurovision powerhouse and They're it not. shows, doesn't it? <laughs> no, they they competed uh, in three years, two thousand and four to two thousand and six. At least in the in the bracket that we're looking at, they did actually win back in nineteen seventy one, uh, but that's not good either.
4: Um, Minnie, did you did you like this? Not really, Phil. I thought it seemed a bit like if Kim Kardashian entered Eurovision in Kanye West's clothes.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm amazed that a principality known for perhaps its glamour and wealth decided to send someone in
1: tracksuit and trainers. It hasn't aged well. The look, has it? it? What's it? It's sort of a white cropped leather jacket with with cargo pants. I suspect in 2004 it looked semi-fashionable. Yeah, I think
0: sh- i stay sh- the time.
2: Yeah, cargo pants cut off at the ankle with some white trainers definitely.
1: I, I feel like uh, that was a look in 2004. Um, Right so Bosnia and Herzegovina similarly they don't compete at the Eurovision Song Contest anymore their last effort was in 2016 but I did have a slightly more choice to choose from so I went from their slightly bizarre 2001 effort. Uh, Dan did you like this one? Hmm, Well firstly I just want to say that I really enjoyed
5: that they left the the intro from Sateri in that in for this song. It's uh, such a big part of what got most most of us into Eurovision, and we haven't mentioned him at all, I don't think, on this podcast, so I just thought that was a nice nod. Awesome, out.
1: Yeah, and, and it's also an era where he was uh, at his pomp at Eurovision. The sort of latter years of his commentary bordered on the uh, derogatory and problematic but well,
2: actually we, we have I, a flavor of it here don't
0: we yeah. right at the beginning <laughs> slightly bizarre ethnic rhythms will feature here he says, and at
1: the end <laughs> at the end he says i oh, they cheer anything here <laughs> uh, this was actually one of the years where he got in quite serious uh, problems and the bbc had to apologize it wasn't for his commentary on this song it was for his comments on the presenter's We liken to uh, Dr. Death and a tooth fairy, possibly. But the performance, Dan, our tangoed monstrosity
5: here. Does anyone remember from the US office, Michael Scott's prison Mike persona? (laughs) The song is kind of quite nice, but I think it would be a lot more authentic if it was sung in the native tongue. I'm assuming that was still in the rules at this point. He's it, it, permitted to. Yeah. It doesn't have to. And the other thing, of course, it would have made it a bit more, a bit more interesting, is if uh, Nino had bothered to change out of his B and Q overalls.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't want to, don't want to knock the sartorial choices here too much, because Phil has adopted this style in quite a serious way.
1: <laughs> I have never worn a cagoule cap. Thank you very much. <laughs> and if you did it, only because it's not orange. Yeah. If you did it, would be orange. Yeah. <laughs>
2: He's got a whiff of a kind of far show character about him that sort of former hip hop artist that's that's come out of prison, still in his prison get up. But he's decided to reform himself and sort of sing a little bit more soulful now.
4: I thought there was a touch of the aged Ali G. in Yeah, yeah, I wrote Ali G disguised as a beat poet and I'd like (laughs) to nominate him for the Barbara Dex Award.
1: (laughs) I, I think this is a strong Dex candidate, isn't it? Uh, I mean, as much as it is hilarious for me to say this, an all-orange look is not a look. That means so much coming from you. (laughs) That is harsh. Too much orange, Phil
0: Smith.
4: We never thought we'd see the day. No. Too much orange. Um, Very strange dancing style where he just sways as though glued to the stage Mm. by the weight of his own ego. It's it's there was one point where I'm sure he was leaning to one side for a good
1: twenty seconds, just sort of held in one leaned position. He's
4: got those Michael Jackson smooth criminal shoes, but he's accidentally got caught. it's okay. malfunctioned.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, right, should we vote on this one? I don't want to dwell on these two for too long because they both, let's be honest, suck quite a lot. Um, Alex, Bosnia Herzegovina. Okay, uh, Dan.
5: It's not a good selection, but my vote will go to Monaco.
1: Okay. Uh, Simon?
4: Yeah, I'm with Dan. Monaco for me. And Minnie. This is virtually a coin toss for me. I'm going to go with Bosnia for the sake of drama.
1: <laughs> okay. Good, good call.
4: I mean, it feels like the least
1: tense deadlock in the world because <laughs> I couldn't give a shit which of these two goes through. Just on the virtue of being somewhat more upbeat, I'm going to cast my deciding vote towards Monaco. If anyone really wants to pick a fight about that one, feel free. Good. Okay, Nino Percez finished 14th in 2001 with this effort. So no shame in that. We'll move on to battle number two. And first up, we have this week's hero song. So Dan from sunny Ireland. Do you want to introduce this one for us?
5: Sure. Yeah, this is Ireland's 2001 entry. Gary O'Shaughnessy with Without Your Love.
3: And
1: for Romania, I've selected their 2017 effort. This is Elinka and Alex Florea with Yodelit. As before, only fair for Dan to talk us through Gary O'Shaughnessy. There was a real varied
5: selection to choose from for Ireland. Not all of it good, actually not much of it very good at all, um, but this one really caught my eye because of how different it is to anything else we have covered, certainly up to this week. Um, you have to remember that in 2001, they don't do anything with the staging. This is just the norm. But I really like, kind of like this song. It's It's got a real kind of Tom Jones, Barry Manilow kind of vibe. It's a nice love song, simple and catchy, perfect for a sort of three minutes Eurovision kind of way. I mean, whose mum isn't voting for
1: this? Did anyone else have any thoughts on uh, Ireland?
4: I thought it looked like Leo Varadkar busting out his Brian Adams at the election night karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: got the same chord progression as I knew him so well.
3: Wasn't it good? So cool, wasn't no. he? In madness, he
1: no. I was so disappointed that Elaine Page didn't pop out. I was bowled over when Dan said that this was his choice, but not in a not in a bad way. I thought it was a very brave choice going back uh, so far into the annals of Eurovision history. But um, yeah, I think it's I think it's a a great choice. I think it is a a different sort of genre of music. I think it's maybe more maybe more what people think of when they think of uh, Eurovision than than some of the stuff we've covered before. This is a sort of um, schlager-y, ballad sort of thing. And uh, Romania,
4: then. Yodel it. Mini? Well, military yodelling R&B is a genre that should never really have made it past the brainstorming stage. I, I feel like there's someone somewhere in Romania seriously regretting uttering the phrase there are no bad ideas. It's a bizarre mashup um, and I don't really understand what the canons are for other than this kind of militaristic theme. I don't know what that has to do with yodelling. So, yeah, I found it all quite confusing. The The staging is
1: is bizarre. The staging is very bizarre. Um, I, I can only assume that they couldn't go on sort of yodelly themed staging because... That harks back to Austria and Switzerland, whereas this has come from Romania, famously the heartland of yodeling. Yeah, I would like to come in on that point, Phil. Yes, uh, sorry. Swiss correspondent Simon Rickenback. So I feel like you've included
0: this deliberately as a troll to me because you know that I'll find this offensive to me and my people. Um, <laughs> you, you, you know as well as I do that yodeling's not of Romanian origin. Um, and to utilise it as a cheap trick for points rather than what it is, which is a serious method of communication in Alpine regions. (laughs) So to me, does write off this entry from serious contention. I'll say say no more about it, but I do think that, you know, this far into the podcast, we're a bit beyond getting cheap laughs out of doing stuff to annoy Simon, I I
1: think. I do think it's funny that the last time it, again, uh, an old,
0: old entry.
1: Um, I, I should say I'm, I'm given to understand that this song was offered to Switzerland and Austria first, both of who declined. In 2017, as we've covered previously on the podcast, my absolute favourite going into the show was "Occidentalis Karma" from Francesco Gabani. We've covered that previously. Great song. Eurovision 2017, I was in my flat, there was a party, got very, very drunk. I voted for this song quite Fail. a, a few times. A few times. Yeah. It's beyond bonkers. But isn't that quite joyful? No. <laughs>
0: the <laughs> worst bit about this, beyond all the odling, which is terrible, is, is that he, like... Grabs her face and kisses her against her will at the end.
1: The piratey face kiss. Yeah. The piratey face kiss. I think
2: there's a couple of those this week. And this is the first.
1: This needs a little bit of backstory. Um, and for Which me is that he's out. on the register. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's either on the register or they're married. It's going one of two ways. Uh, so in the final, um, Belarus had been represented by a band called Navi Band. And these were uh, male and female friends. And they'd insisted throughout throughout all the press before the contest that they were just friends. And then right at the end of their song, they pull out a very non-piratey snog at the end. They're very much both into it. And it's it's warms everyone's heart. Everyone's like, oh, that's so lovely. They might've lied to us all, but they're clearly in love and that's wonderful. And it's a upbeat little song. And I'm wondering if old Alex Florea here had uh, seen that moment, loved that moment as well, and maybe behind the scenes he and Alinka had been hooking up a little bit, who knows, and thought, we'll do that, but didn't think to tell her that. And so he's basically caught her out, snogged her cheek, effectively, because that's what happens. And the rest is piratey folklore. (laughs) Right okay so Ireland's 2001 effort versus Romania's 2017 effort. I think I know where a couple of votes are going on this so let's start with the certainties. Uh, Simon?
0: Yeah I'll be voting for Ireland and that emerald song from Gary O'Shaughnessy. Uh, Dan? Yep.
1: no surprises I picked it, Ireland. Lovely so the, the uncertainties then, mini
4: I'm going to vote for Romania, even though I just said it was confusing. I think it was more interesting than the Ireland one.
1: It's certainly got more going on. I don't think anyone will disagree with that.
4: Um,
1: Alex? Yeah, you know, you're you're asking us
2: to vote sort of what do you prefer, lasagna or carrot cake? You know, it's two different courses. I'm kind of with many. I think that Romania is really interesting. I have no issue with Simon's stealing of the yodeling. I mean, yodeling is done around the world. I've also just Googled. Romania does have an Alpine region, Simon. So, I mean, chill. That's a nice joke.
1: Uh,
2: (laughs) I'll be going for Romania.
1: Second battle in and the second deadlocked situation. Do I put the third of the fourth hero song through or do i uh back up my drunken 2017 decision and vote for yodel it once again it's it's tough and it's mostly tough because if i put ireland through here um it keeps simon as the only one who didn't get his song through
2: let's <laughs> do it a good enough reason yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> if, it, if it sees the back of this fucking yodeling number, I'm all for it.
1: <laughs> uh, truthfully, I I know which way I'm voting here. I'm too busy and apparently that's as drunk as I need to be. <laughs> it's Romania again. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Dan. Sorry, Simon. And... Uh, Gary, poor gary didn't do very well actually came 21st out of 23 in 2001 no so way. so yeah and we move to sunnier climbs than romania and ireland because we have spain versus malta two of europe's uh, best holiday destinations for brits according to me <laughs> um so for spain i've picked their 2008 effort this is Rodolfo Chicalequatre with Baila Chiqui Chiqui.
3: chiki
2: And
1: for Malta, it's their turn of the millennium choice. It's the year 2000 Claudette pace with desire. Spain's Baila el Chiki Chiqui. Uh, Alex, did you like Rodolfo?
2: Not really, Phil. Spain, again, sending a song that sounds like it could have been on the soundtrack to a children's video game. It feels like they've gone into the planning meetings for Spain at Eurovision 2008 and sort of aimed to try and make a song that goes viral before going viral was a thing, I think probably in 2008 with the sort of the repetitive to the point of migraine inducing lyrics. And I think he tries to sort of introduce this four step dance routine, which is, I mean, look, it's not the Macarena, is it? Let's be honest. (laughs) Um, Again, it's another Farsha character as well. With this sort of weird Elvis type uh, and his little guitar. Uh no, I didn't really enjoy it. Um I will also be nominating this for the uh, Barbara Dex Award. I think his what is that? Open waistcoat, silly guitar, I assume that's a wig, uh, and also the backing dancers. Very underdressed.
1: Very underdressed. Yep. We'll we'll leave that there, shall we? Um Anyone else have any thoughts on um, on this effort? There is in this in the middle of the
0: song this Christ on the cross imagery that they've used quite deliberately. Is that hubris or is it like there's no way with it, with his head leaning like that that he doesn't know what he's doing? I'm surprised to see that from Spain, to be honest. Can I uh, add
2: additionally? Um, the backing dancer that deliberately falls over I hate that as a trope that (laughs) happens in West End shows all the time there's always one member of the ensemble they fall over and it becomes sort of like that's that's there that's that member of the ensemble's thing I hate that and like here again it adds nothing like oh uh, yeah really great yeah she falls over she's a real dork Uh,
1: like that's not funny do you know what I don't don't mind the gag but I think they overplayed it overplayed the card of it they could have done it with more subtlety
4: has anyone seen the Netflix series Glow? Is that the one no. with the, the wrestlers? Yes. This looks like the Spanish Mark Maron and the women from Glow. Tragically but... cancelled before their time.
1: The glow, not this. I mean, this could have been cancelled a good two and a half minutes into the song, couldn't it?
0: Way yeah. before that. When he came on stage at the start, he should have. No, next. <laughs>
1: This is one of those moments where you do feel like the the big five are just abusing their position by submitting this shit straight to the final. Um, Malta, Claudette Pace. Uh, Dan?
5: Yeah, so this is the annual Maltese middle-aged lady in full-length dress, middle of stage, singing a song. To be fair, this one does have a bit more going for it than the average. It's a bit more upbeat with, I, I think, a kind of reggae vibe. Um, which seems to then be sort of confirmed in the background with these sort of red, yellow and green flashing things going on. I mean, I've heard worse from Malta, but it's a bit bit strange.
1: Yes, Malta and reggae aren't two words that are regularly used together, are they?
4: I think it's more calypso than reggae. Oh, and that's
1: what we brought you onto the podcast for, Minnie. Um, right then, Spain versus Malta, two uh, polarising songs, I think.
4: Mini, let's start with you. I'm going to go with Spain purely because he says something like, do the Robocop at one point. And I love Robocop. <laughs> Good a reason as any. Alex?
2: Uh, yeah, another tough one. Malta was a bit Pentecostal church style. I'm sort of waiting for the song to just sort of meander into, you know, and deep in my heart is Jesus. <laughs> Despite that, uh, I will be voting for Malta.
1: Okay, one apiece, Dan.
5: Yeah, I'm having flashbacks here because once again, it's an entry from Malta that
0: I don't really like, but I'm going to vote for it. Uh, Kikoki and Simon. It's a bit like being asked which venereal disease you fancy this, isn't it? Uh, I'll be voting for Claudette Pace um, because she is now a member of the Maltese Parliament
1: and indeed the deputy speaker. Oh, that's a Oh, Well done. Well done, Claudette. Uh, Right. So that is Malta through and Spain out. I can tell you that Spain came 16th in 2008. So we move on to the final two songs of round one. And after our warning from Ofcom for vulgarity last week, I bring you Montenegro and their 2017 effort, Space by Slavko Kalezic. For Bulgaria. It's their 2018 effort. This is Equinox with Bones. Your bones.
3: Your so, bones.
1: so, who wants to talk to me about Slavco?
0: I'd certainly like to get my Barbara Dix in. Okay. Yeah, this on what grounds? Um well on the grounds that this guy's come dressed as a nipple tassel. <laughs> He's got the sparkly bit at the bottom through sort of a bit of enticing flesh and then the tassel on the top.
4: <laughs> I I disagree, Simon. I like this look. I think the sparkly trouser is one of my favourite Eurovision staples and the long plait that he swings around is uh, an effective bit of uh, of staging. I think the the problem with it is
0: that it's quite a high energy song, but he is there on his own, and it's probably for safety reasons. They they couldn't have anyone within a sort of a radius of him because of the
1: plaited hair spinning, <laughs> whacking. You know, it's like a whip. <laughs> uh, it, it's it's a haircut for social distancing, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean. I think a sheer shirt and sparkly trousers is a look that you can only get away with in two places. The Eurovision stage and any accompanying Eurovision nightclub. It's um, got its
0: audience, hasn't it? This outfit.
1: Now, the question I have, though, is, is, is that a bum bag that he's wearing with it as well? Or is it just sort of tassels around his crotch?
0: I've gone for sparkly sporran <laughs> But it could, it could also,
1: it looks a bit like a candy thong. Anyone like the song as opposed to just Slavko's outfit?
2: Not really. I don't think the song was sufficiently interesting to the point where I'm sort of at this point focusing on the ponytail and hoping it gets caught in something. Uh, uh,
1: For those that aren't familiar with Eurovision, but are maybe more familiar with uh, British reality shows, After his appearance at Eurovision, uh, I assume Louis Walsh poached him to appear on The X Factor in the UK, where he made it to boot camp. I mean, he's quite something, isn't he, Slavko? And what we haven't analysed is the lyrics. I mean, these lyrics are absolute filth. Possibly the worst uh, filthy lyrics in Eurovision history. Linen is covered with feathers. Wet dreams, wild nightmares, I surrender. Come into me from within. We can be as one in the sin. The spaceship is ready to blow. Drunk in love, I'm going to explode. Be my bonnie, we'll mix and match with Clyde. Let's explore this galaxy of stars. Get
4: your mind out of the gutter. It's oh, about stars. Oh, sorry.
1: Yes, I, I I forget about all those wet dreams that happen in space.
4: We're all in the gutter, but some of us are looking at the stars, as Oscar Wilde wrote for this song. <laughs> uh, right, okay.
1: Shall we? Shall we move on to Bulgaria?
2: Let's move on. Let's move on.
1: Simon, I feel like this might be up your street a little
0: bit. It is directly up my street. When the when you, the first sort of vocals come in. Mm-hmm. You, you usually get a sense at Eurovision and I was a bit worried, but it just explodes into life after that. They put together a, a really good group of accomplished singers. Uh, it's a bit of a shame that the the effects they've gone for are sort of, they're, they're for the camera, they don't really work in the audience. So I wonder if, if a bit of audience engagement is missing there. But overall, I was, I was really positive about this song. Um, I really enjoyed it.
1: Uh, yeah, this is a sort of American-Bulgarian supergroup that they've formed. They've got uh, the one in the hat, um, the one in a cable knit sweater, the one that they don't really focus on with the camera because he looks a bit creepy, um, the other American, and and the the woman who it looks like if Sia was a Time Lord her dress is weird it's like if you if you've ever accidentally
0: heated up a bin bag that's sort of what happens to it
1: how, how have you ever
0: accidentally heated up a bin bag <laughs> uh, they just uh, a plastic bag just shrinks up when you heat it up and that, if you leave it next to a radiator or something um they
1: just shrivel top tip god simon's really pitching for his job on daytime bbc1 after this podcast isn't he
2: <laughs> this song was a bit matrix the musical um with which is actually funny because i feel like slavko is also dressed a little bit like from the matrix this is the matrix round um they're all sort of like they've come from the matrix and they're singing about the underworld or indeed the real if we're gonna extend the matrix metaphor i didn't really like it
1: it it feels to, to me and i say this very carefully and and concernedly but it feels slightly overproduced. It feels like it's got a lot of things that should work well together and it doesn't quite come together for my money.
5: I think this um, this song thinks it's better than it is.
4: Yes. Yeah. If
5: the staging's really good, but it's super pretentious. So, you know, all we really have is this wannabe seer and four backing singers popping up and down. That's all that's going on. I don't think any of
2: them are particularly talented. Um, so, yeah. It is pretentious. It is. You're spot on, I think, both in the production and the the staging and the song itself, but also the outfits. OK, yeah, they've gone for for the matching black, but they've gone for like a really pretentious kind of upmarket shabby chic matching black, mm. which is quite a pretentious and wanky thing to do. Um, I'm thinking of particular... All All Saints. Anyone yeah, yeah. ever been into an All Saints? Like it's just like that's really expensive. Oh, hang on. It? This 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 shabby chic tatty jumper that's falling apart at the seams is going to cost me ninety quid. No, thank yeah. you. Like it's kind it's kind of like All Saints was a song as in <laughs> the shop, not
1: pure shorts <laughs> Yeah, it's it, it's wannabe high fashion. Mm. Um, but ultimately that is just a shit cable knit sweater, isn't it?
2: <laughs> yeah, we're top not short of pretentious bingo. I think. <laughs>
1: yeah. Right. Okay. Well, we've torn that to shreds. Uh, so, your choice is between Slavko, who I think at least acknowledges he's shit, versus Bulgaria, who who think they're not, but we still think a shit. So it's it's Hobson's choice here. Uh, let's go to Dan.
5: Yeah, I think you summarised it perfectly there, Phil. Um, Slavko, he knows he's not a great performer, but he goes out there and he and he looks confident, so um, he gets my vote.
0: Okay. Simon? Yeah, if you if you listen to the songs, uh, the Montenegro guy is really bad at singing, so I'm going to go for the Bulgarian entry.
1: You can't disagree that Bulgaria are better singers, if that is your criteria. They are. Alex?
2: I'm going to be voting for Montenegro because he swings his ponytail around.
0: It's still a song contest, guys. Mini,
4: casting vote. Yeah, well, it's too cool for the X Factor versus too shit for the X Factor. <laughs> I'm going to go for Montenegro. <laughs>
1: Slavko for the win. He's made it through to boot camp yet again. Um, right. Uh, Bulgaria. Bulgaria came 14th with this effort in 2018. And actually, they were really pissed off with that and pulled out of the 2019 contest. Um, Because I think they thought they should have done better with this effort. They shouldn't have. I think 14th is quite generous, all things considered. Uh, So that is round one done. We have said goodbye to Bosnia and Herzegovina, Ireland, Spain and Bulgaria. Uh, And they have been replaced with four new songs, our final four seeds. Uh, So let's get straight to those. Matchup number one takes Monaco, who beat Bosnia and Herzegovina, and they are going to be up against Denmark. For Denmark, I have selected their 2010 effort. Now this is Chanay and Nevergreen. Moment like this.
3: In a moment like this.
1: Talk us through "Shine" and "Nevergreen." Oh. <laughs> were you were <laughs> you holding back from doing it? An...
3: <laughs>
2: no, I was. No, I was consulting my notes, and then my notes are not very good for this one. But I think I think that in itself explains quite adequately my feelings about this song. It's a nothing song for me. I think it's redeemed slightly by the key change, where it does get a little bit more energetic but I'm not a fan of the kind of coupley duet style song I I really don't like the kind of oh we've just fallen in love at the ski lodge kind of theming (laughs) to songs
3: yeah
2: um so yeah I think the fact I've not got many notes of much interesting to say about the song probably speaks volumes because it's not a particularly interesting song my only note was that Simon I suspect you probably like this guy's haircut because this was the haircut you sported for most of your adult life
1: Slander. Alex is wrong. Simon's never had it blondish, but otherwise, I mean, the style exactly the same. Um, (laughs) It is an objectively bad haircut, and it is the main thing that you remember coming away from this song. And I just wonder, and, and it's a curious thought, but I wonder whether it's deliberately bad. We've talked previously about songs having a sort of anchor point, a thing that you remember about the song, whether it's the uh, the dance routine or whether it's the key change or the high note or whatever, Light up or, the, or the outfit. But I wonder whether they have gone for this guy's hair when they whip out the wind machine and he's all windswept and interesting at the end. Honestly, I challenge anyone to have watched this song and not have the main takeaway be this guy's hair. I think it's deliberate ploy.
0: You're not wrong. sort of So I don't think it looks like me at all, but obviously I wouldn't (laughs) because that haircut's (laughs) terrible and my haircut's not, at least in my opinion. Otherwise, I'd get a different haircut. I think he looks a bit like Mac from uh, Greenwing. And then there's this reluctant kiss they do at the end that he's clearly far more
4: up for than she is. Can I point out that this song is either ABBA covering every breath you take by the police or the police covering the winner takes it all by ABBA
3: For as long as I remember And that's what you've done to Nothing more to say It's the worst I ever knew the winner takes it
0: on! Yeah, musically it's very safe, but they, they do a few things
4: with the stage. Yeah. I, for one, wasn't expecting the, the conveyor belt when it came out. Finger guns at 2 minutes 57.
1: That is full finger guns, yeah.
4: My main <laughs> takeaway is he has a really big
2: forehead. <laughs> Simon, any comments?
0: Yeah, is, mine's big and it's
1: getting bigger. Is it veering into five head? <laughs>
0: Not
1: that bad yet. you. Uh, I've got
0: this
1: great haircut that covers it. <laughs> um, right. Shall we get to voting? The choice is between Denmark and Monaco. Simon?
4: He's just going to grab the scissors.
1: <laughs> I mean, when the people involved in the podcast can't be bothered to stick around for it. Um, He's got form now of stopping off, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, Dan?
5: Yeah it's not really a close one for me this this song we just covered is pretty good the Monaco song wasn't very good so um, my vote goes to Denmark.
4: Fair, would agree. Um, Mini? The winner takes it all, the winner is Denmark. Okay
2: Alex? Yeah begrudgingly Denmark
1: I, I admit it's not a great song, and it's looking good for whoever gets out of the the next semi final. But I think the choice is pretty clear here that uh, Denmark is certainly preferable to to that non song from Monaco. Yeah, I quite agree, Phil. I'd also like to vote for Denmark.
4: Lovely first first clean sweep of the episode. There, yeah?
1: get the broom out.
4: Just get the broom out—a reference to the haircut you've just given yourself. <laughs>
1: So Denmark, straight through to this episode semi-final. Monaco. Yes, Monaco has done better here than it did at Eurovision. Uh, this song came a tied 19th in the semi-final, uh, not getting anywhere close to qualifying. Um, right. Battle number two of round number two. Uh, we have Romania, Yodel it, still in the game. And we heart back as far as we're going to Eurovision 1998 and Norway. This is Lars A. Fredriksson with his song Altid Summer. Simon, I'm going to come to you. What did you make of the perky sidekick from a Scandi drama?
0: Yeah, well, I'll just cross out that one. Um, yeah, so uh, I only have one note on this, which is that one of the backing vocalists looks like Matthew McConaughey. Oh, oh, uh, interesting.
1: Thought, I thought I've... He looked like Paul Rudd.
2: Yes, I've got <laughs> I've got Nicka Rosberg as the uh, lead singer. I've got and Paul Rudd and Fabio Cannavaro as the backing singers.
4: <laughs> I've got um, Stifler as the frontman.
2: Yeah should we go
4: to the vote
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> he gives this sort of knowing look at the camera at the towards the end of the song which makes me sort of just assume that he's singing something like and take your brolly with you or some kind of like you know the because it's kind of like the way because towards the he does it quite a lot he kind of Tilts the mic and kind of gives a little kind of winky knowing look as if, like, you know what I'm talking about, I'll take your with you. Da, 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 da.
1: <laughs> Sorry, do you think he's. The...
2: Is bad, is bad, do, da, do. <laughs> take your with you. Do,
3: do, do, do. Sorry. He's
2: giving, he's, he's, he's giving some kind of tip, I
1: assume. Otherwise, <laughs> why would he make a knowing look at the camera? L- let's go to the vote because I've got nothing else to say on Altered Summer. Simon. You like sweaters. Are you going to vote for Norway? I am going to vote for Norway, yep. Yeah. Okay, um, Dan. Yeah, I'm not voting for Lars and his brolly.
5: It's my vote goes to Romania. Um Minnie.
4: There's Norway. I'm voting for yodelling twice. So I'm going to vote for Norway.
1: Okay, 2-1 to Norway currently. Alex. I'll vote for the yodelling. Can't believe you've taken it to deadlock twice. This is a much harder choice because I am I am quite fond of this Norwegian song, but with the fears of this being called a dictatorship, truthfully, which brings a smile to my face more, it's still yodel it. Um, Romania goes through on deadlock once again to face Denmark in the next round. Uh, Ulted Summer and Lars did pretty well in 1998, they came 8 I think the 1998 Eurovision, if we remember correctly, was pretty bereft of upbeat songs So I think this one did quite well in the absence of others Uh, Right, so we move on Malta, Claudette Pace is back into the game And she is facing a song that could not be more different from her This is Turkey and Turkey's 2010 effort, this comes from the quite famous rock band Manga and this is We Could Be The Same you make of turkish rock music
5: yeah um we covered the plights of rock music in eurovision before how one of the great appeals of the genre is the live performance of all the instruments together and how you can't do that with eurovision it's all going to be pre-prepared that said this is a pretty enjoyable song i thought um i think there are hints of sort of turkish influence involved it's not just a carbon copy of western rock music however the dancing robot what's going on with that Mm. the end, it takes off its helmet and it reveals it was <gasps> a woman all along. <laughs> and it's going to make out with the singer. <laughs> you lost me there, Turkey. Uh,
2: There's a lot I- of tropes in this song. You can sort of tick them off. It starts with, clap your hands. Then you got the DJ, who's presumably just pretending, as we know.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: you got the robot man which then as dan mentioned subsequently has the big reveal flags and then there's a angle grinder as well they like double
4: double row bingo here for eurovision tropes i was just gonna say that's clearly a a lady robot not a not a man robot that turns out to be a woman
1: uh fair yeah um she does have a, a sort of disrobing malfunction it's not of a wardrobe malfunction levels but uh, she drops her mask as you can see before uh, the moment she's supposed to so you get that shock that she's a woman not just a robot earlier than you're supposed to but uh yeah there we go other than that uh, quite a competent rock entry i think that's fair and that is going up against malta for your vote and desire and it's christian pentecostal style calypso music so <laughs> that's a choice isn't it um alex which did you prefer oh crikey um, oh, yeah, i probably preferred malta Ooh, okay uh simon yeah,
0: I prefer this Turkish song by quite a long way. It's the first time I've seen grinding at Eurovision. That hasn't made me
1: queasy. I mean, I've heard that Grindr is actually quite popular at Eurovision. Oh, sorry, grind it. yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, Dan. Yeah, it's Turkey
4: for me. OK, and Minnie. Yeah, I'm going for the Turkish Muse and the Dancing Lady Robot.
1: As would have I. Uh, Claudette did very well in 2000, actually. She came in eighth place which is a a strong performance. Um, So by three votes to one, Turkey will be going through to the next round. Where it will face either Slavko of the Braid or Israel. For Israel, I have picked their 2015 effort. This is Nadav Gudej and he is their golden boy.
4: Did you like Nadab's stylings? I did. I liked the Middle Eastern meets modern Western sound. I uh, liked his gold shoes. Nice dance moves.
1: Sorry, I thought, Simon, you would be a particular fan of his gold shoes, given your, your preference for literal staging. No. I can see. <laughs> is he not gold enough? He's not
4: a golden boy, is he? He's a very naughty boy. Mini, sorry, continue. Um, I think all that ruins it is that photo yeah. that is taken at the end but other than that I think it's a good effort and uh, he says he's the king of fun and I don't know <laughs> if that's a real position but well done to him whoever died and made him the king of fun
1: my <laughs> yeah my favorite part of it is the lyrics and before I leave let me show you Tel Aviv Um I, I actually quite like it as a lyric, but it's it's terrible and a uh, only at Eurovision uh, lyric, I think. Um, go on then, Simon. What do you dislike about this? I just so I would like to honour
0: one of our one of our teachers from school uh, at this point. Who I'll say the words, and I'm sure you'll you'll remember exactly what I'm talking about. Tuck your shirts in, you look scruffy. That is exactly what I thought throughout this entire song. I just. It doesn't. He doesn't look good. He looks very old. Like, how old do you think this guy is? Trigo
4: thirty-eight. Close. Twenty-eight.
0: Close.
1: He's sixteen. What? Just <laughs> kidding.
3: He's he sixteen
1: good. years old. He 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 just come through on an Israeli talent show where they had labelled him uh, Israel's very own Justin Timberlake. But it means that it is more literal. He is a golden boy.
2: I don't know about golden boy. He he is obviously a boy. I found everything about this song insufferable.
0: Yeah.
2: I think lyrics like, pull me baby, I'm the trigger. It's just so fucking narcissistic. From the untucked shirt with the suit, as you say, Simon, to the gold trainers. I don't don't like that. Um, It starts self-pitying. It ends self-righteous. I want to self-isolate, frankly. I don't care if he's 16. Say it to anyone. Say it to your dad. How dare you disrespect
1: the king of fun? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We'll we'll go to the vote then. I'll remind you that this is up against uh, Slavko and Space and his braid. Um, So, Simon.
0: Yeah, even though... Golden Boy would be lucky to take home the bronze. I think that song is fundamentally better than the Montenegro and effort.
4: Uh, many. Like Golden Boy, it's a photo finish and it's going to go to Israel. OK, two votes to Israel. Alex. I feel like we all moaned that last week
2: was a horrible, horrible bracket. Yeah, I thought there'd been some really like, ugh, I can't believe I'm voting for this. On a few occasions this evening. I'm sorry, I really can't bring myself to vote for Golden Boy, so I'm going to have to vote for Montenegro.
1: Okay. Swinging ponytail and all. Dan, you have a a potentially decisive vote here. Israel or Montenegro?
5: Well, unlike Alex, actually, I quite liked this kind of hip-hop with Israeli influences vibe that you've got going on, so my vote goes to Israel.
1: Okay, by three votes to one, we have declared that he is a golden boy. He is through to the semi finals. Uh, that means that Montenegro is out of there. Uh, poor, poor Slavko. Um, he came in 16th place in the semi final in 2017. Didn't particularly get anywhere close to qualifying, which is. A right shame because I think everyone deserved to see those dance moves, if not hear the song. Right then, we are down to decide our two qualifiers who will go on to join our final eight—the best eight songs ever performed at Eurovision—that were neither winners nor um, previously covered on the podcast, or um, just before nineteen ninety-eight, or didn't appeal to me. Basically. Just eight songs that were at Eurovision that have made it through this bracket format. So there are two places remaining and four songs competing for it. The first battle is between Denmark and Romania. Denmark represented by Sine and Nevergreen in a moment like this. And Romania by Elenka and Alex Ferreira with Yodelit. Uh, we're going to get straight down to the votes. So, Simon. Yodelling or your own hairstyle? Which did you prefer? Uh, I
0: preferred Denmark's song here uh, because it's inoffensive,
1: unlike the Romanian entry, which is offensive. Um, Okay, one vote for Denmark. Alex? I found um,
2: Nevergreen's hairstyle offensive, so I'll be voting for the Yodelling Romanians.
1: (laughs) Dan?
5: Yeah, um, I really liked the concept of Romania. I know the um, stage performance wasn't as good as the studio version, um, but uh, yeah, Romania gets my vote.
4: Mini, I think ABBA were born again in Denmark, so I'm going to vote for it in a moment like this. For the third
1: time, Romania goes straight into deadlock. It is clearly the most polarizing song. Two of you love it. Two of you hate it. These have got progressively more difficult to decide on. Do you not like, think the
0: fact you've had to decide on that three times signals something about the song's quality? No, it's reflective
1: of the bracket, Simon. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not just going to vote against it because it's been in deadlock twice previously. That... Yeah, it, was like, it was like England at
2: the World Cup in 2018. Like, we, we got there because we scored a lot of penalties. Are we going to say that we didn't deserve to make the semifinals? I think we probably didn't deserve to make the finals <laughs> <laughs> but i don't digress.
1: You can win a World Cup based on defence and strong penalty taking. And in that very defence, come on, let's put Romania through to the top eight. Yes. Let's see how it does. Love that.
0: Love that. Oh, fucking hell. I can't believe this, this Doing this has changed my perception of Eurovision. I used to think Eurovision was was good. <laughs> and now I've done this, I don't. Because I like... When it was week two and we were thinking, oh, thank God there's going to be some other stuff to knock out that shit that we put through this week. And then week three was even worse. And now we've put through, now we've put through, I mean, genuinely, I have that song as the second worst on the night. Someone tunes in, imagine that. Imagine somebody just tuning in for the, oh, I'll listen to the final episode of this podcast to see what, because that'll have, that'll have the, the best Eurovision songs. And that'll, you know, if I don't like these, there's no way I'll ever like Eurovision. And then you'll you'll listen to some of the absolute dross that's gone through. And they'll be like, oh yeah, no, I was I was right. Eurovision's terrible. Yeah, it's like having bleeding eardrums every year. Why why do people like
1: it? I don't know. Still fucking bitter about the performance of um,
4: Luca Hani and Dirty Dancing. Look, Simon, Dan's pit got eliminated. You don't hear him ranting and raving, do you? Do.
3: I'm you.
4: Sorry. <laughs> shall we shall we move on? Please.
1: Right. The final battle for tonight brings together two monoliths of non-European culture into one European battle. We have Turkey and Manga versus Israel and Nadav Gwetch. Let's start with Alex. Alex, did you prefer our golden boy or our grinding robot?
2: I think i voted against these guys in the um previous round i i really despise golden boy and Dav and his self-righteousness so i'll go for manga and turkey
1: and uh, kikoki simon
0: i'm amazed alex has voted for a eurovision rock entry um i am gonna i'm gonna do the same though i thought golden boy more like Del boy <laughs>
1: Dan, it is currently 2-0 to Turkey a vote for Turkey will put them straight through to our final eight couldn't knock out my golden boy Israel
3: <laughs> Mini
4: decisive vote A 16 year old versus something I would have liked when I was 16 I'm going to go for Turkey I'm very
3: pleased
1: that you didn't send this to deadlock because I'm quite fond of both of these and I would not know which way I was going but as it is Turkey goes straight through. At this point I can let you in into how the two eliminated songs did. Denmark in 2010 came in fourth place which is a very good performance all things considered and uh, our golden boy Nadav Griech he came ninth in 2015. Um, Alex at least will be pleased to know that it was beaten by uh, Il Volo Grandi. Amore. So, that means we have our final eight. Shall I run through those eight songs that we can look forward to listening to next week? We have uh, Belgium. They'll be represented by Laura Tessero with What's the Pressure? We have Germany, Miss Kiss Kiss Bang by Alex Swings, Oscar Sings. We have Moldova. With Fight by Natalia Barbu. We have Estonia with Goodbye to Yesterday by Alina Born and Stig Rasta. We have The Madness of Love by Rafael Galazzi for Italy. We have Ale Ola Ole by France. And joining them this week, we have Yodelit by Alinka and Alex Florea for Romania. And we could be the same from Turkey and Manga. What an excellent top quality final eight we have on potentially the final ever episode of Eurovision in Isolation. So that's please let it be the final episode. All of a sudden people are stood atop of sort of land towers. What's a land tower? Is that just a mountain?
2: What are you talking
4: about? (laughs) (laughs) A. Dumb. Two... B rather. <laughs> I mean, this is virtually a coin toss. Sorry, a coin toss.
3: <laughs> uh, Should
1: we not dwell on another famous paedophile?
4: <laughs> I certainly that don't remember any women's
0: thongs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Shit! Fuck off! Fucking hell! The fuck is that, Phil?